You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Todd Lesher, and today we are going to be talking about our Drive High School Weekend, which happened a couple weeks ago, and I've got Lindsay Knuckles, Gray Gardner, and Roland Chandler with me on the podcast today to give us a recap of that fantastic weekend and also to give you some talking points about engaging the topic of God's plan and purpose for your son and daughter's lives. Guys, thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah, well, why don't you introduce yourselves to our listeners? Gray, why don't you start? Yeah, so my name is Gray Gardner. I'm the Advanced Program Specialist down at the Waxhaw Campus. Uh, I've been here for just over a year, almost a year and a half now. Um, So I have a wife named Jen and almost two-year-old little girl named Charlotte. And I'm Lindsay Knuckles. I'm on the family ministry team at our Fort Mill campus, and I work with middle school and high school students, um, and I really work with life group leaders to help empower them to lead these students. And I am Roland Chandler. I uh, do advance over at South Boulevard, and I'm very passionate about uh, doing ministry in that Latino community. It's been really cool. Fantastic. Well, it's good having you guys on the podcast today. So we are a church with six campuses and a lot of people on the family ministry team. So I thought we would play a quick game, our favorite game. It's called Faves. And so to get to give our listeners the chance to get to know you all, let's play a quick game of Faves. And we'll start with Lindsay. I'm going to go through our questions. We'll go one by one. We'll give everybody a chance to answer. And so, Lindsay... First round, what was your favorite toy you played with as a kid? Um, a tape recorder. <laughs> I feel like I need to explain this answer. I, I recorded know, I myself. As a toy, but <laughs> I like to record like news shows, and I was like every character in the commercials. So nice. That's Early my favorite on the toy. Technology, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was paving the way. <laughs> Rolling. Where about you? <laughs> favorite toy had to be Stretch Armstrong, Fantastic. and I would stretch him to completion, which meant goo on my other toys. <laughs> Um, I had a large tub full of Jurassic Park dinosaurs that oh, I played with. Fantastic! Did you have the Dino Damage Dino Compound? Oh, yes. I, I absolutely did. I, I also had a Tyrannosaurus Rex that could actually swallow your other toys. And <laughs> I, could, I could retrieve them from the from T-Rex's the stomach. stomach. That's right. I yep. had that one, too. Uh, fantastic. Where do all the toys go? Oh, they're inside a T-Rex. <laughs> all right. Uh, Roland, favorite 90s music group or singer? Got to go Backstreet Boys. Uh, album... The best one would be Millennium. Solid. I have to go Reliant K into the early 2000s. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Grace Jatman. I've seen him in Gonzo like 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> Dive in. Go deep. All right, Gray, favorite movie when you were in middle school? The Sandlot. Oh, of course. Yes, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> okay. Got to go Nemo. Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. Locating right. him. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Lindsay, what's your favorite emoji to use? Um, I really like the praise hands. Yeah. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Raise them and praise them. <laughs> New moon. Okay. <laughs> uh, my favorite is the appalled face because it can apply in so many different settings. Uh, mm. If people could see our faces on this podcast, we would all be very appalled. But appalled face I kind of look like the new moon right now. <laughs> I've lost track of who's going next. So favorite hangout spot in high school? I would always go to the pool, which had a beach next to it and a basketball court. So during rest break, you had multiple options. Okay, nice. We didn't have too much in my hometown, so we hung out at Zaxby's. Ah, very good. Mine is the softball field. I just okay. play games, like, constantly. Yeah. Games and practice. 
That's great. Well, thanks for letting us get a chance to get to know you. So this past March, the Advanced Student Ministry took over 150 high school students to a weekend camp for an amazing three days of fun, community, and worship. The weekend was all about God's invitation and His plan for our lives. So today we're going to talk about helping your kids connect their faith with their interests and passion. So let's just start by recapping the Drive Weekend and take a moment to share your favorite moments from the weekend camp. Yeah, so for me, I think on the fun side of things, on Saturday we had um, some karaoke time. Um, so some of our students just absolutely went for it in the time and preparation that they put into their time of glory on stage uh, was awesome. And uh, someone asked me previously what my most embarrassing moment was, and um, it was watching all of our students and <laughs> some of them who just were amazingly safe on stage mm-hmm. and just went for it. So it's really cool to see them have fun and um, to feel safe enough yeah. to just really go for Did it on you stage. Get up there? I did. You know, at the end, I was able to uh, lead the crowd and let it go from Frozen. So, wow. That's awesome. It's powerful. Yeah. Inspiring. I that. Yes. That's um, inspiring. So, other than that, I think just seeing students make steps in their faith, yeah. um, which we saw throughout the weekend. Yeah. Whether that was karaoke or in their life in other, some That's other right. area. That's great. <laughs> All right. Lindsay, how about you? Yeah, I think for me, the whole idea of weekend camp is my favorite moment, um, that we get to take students away from their normal routine. is such a gift. Um, we get to see them outside of their normal context. It's pretty awesome and pretty remarkable. Um, and, you know, they forget their stresses and can kind of be together and in a different environment. But I think kind of to tag off of Gray, I love watching karaoke because of the courage. I think that students have a tremendous amount of courage to get up there and sing. And some of them have terrible voices. But it is like, it's just pretty amazing to see that courage. That's one of my favorite moments always. And I can pinpoint my highlight to a singular moment. It was uh, dinner on Saturday night. Everybody was wearing flannel because we were getting ready to go line dancing up in the gym. Flannel prom. Uh, Flannel prom was a great part of the trip. Um, But I just remember sitting there and looking around, seeing everybody wearing the same thing. I was really impressed that everybody packed it, um, at least in my field of vision. And seeing them all sit together, um, people weren't even on their phones. They were talking, and I saw so many new friendships around the table um, and I just thought it was a cool indication that something's different this weekend and that God is here with us. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like next year we should just do karaoke camp. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but we did have a really specific theme for the weekend. So I'd love for y'all to uh, let our listeners know what the theme was and why we chose to go this route. Um, so yeah, we, we talked about our theme of the weekend was really mobilization. Um, we want students to know who they are, their gifts, their passions, and how that aligns with the calling God has for their lives. Um, so we wanted to be specific to, hey, what does life look like for you outside of high school? And how can we help start the conversation now to mobilize you outside? Yeah. So how did you end up on this? Like what kind of discussion went in? What do you know about the current student generation or you know some people are calling the generation z but what do they need and how did this camp seek to provide that well we know that they generally have a good understanding of what the gospel is at least the students that were that are in our our church and they understand the gospel very well and they're also very aware of their passions you can see like what high schoolers do in the community and what they have been doing in their schools especially recently um, is just really amazing to see Um, But what we wanted out of this weekend was to see how do those things connect? How do your passions 
uh, how do you, how does your life, what it looks like right here and now connect to the gospel, the truth about Jesus? Right. Yeah. It, it really seems like they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And, you know, everybody is self-centered to some regard, but this generation of teenagers wants to, to do something. And when you connect it to the gospel, when you connect it to their faith, then that will change the world in some really incredible ways. What about you, Greg? What would you say about the theme? Yeah, you know, I think everything uh, Roland and Lindsay said is right on. And I think, I think the key is, you know, it's really easy to try to fit Jesus into our story and the way that we want to see our passions and giftings used. And so I think the shift that we're trying to help students make is, um, you know, where do we fit into God's story? What is the story God's telling in the world and how do our gifts fit into that? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, each of you gave a message at Drive. And so why don't you give us a quick highlight of the content of your message? Yeah, I'll go first since mine was the first message of the series. But my bottom line or big idea was that when it comes to being called by God, anyone and everyone is included. And so you could talk about gifts, you can talk about passion, you can talk about calling, but you have to talk about identity. You have to talk about who you are first. And so I really wanted to set the foundation there. And, you know, I really kind of landed that we are often the ones that hold ourselves back and we are the ones that are limiting ourselves and that God wants to use us regardless of our past, our families, our history, our DNA, our wiring, and um, that God wants to use us. Um, so that's kind of where I went with my yeah. message. Yeah, so. it was awesome. Yeah, so I gave the second message, and um, we really focused on that idea of um, finding our lives, our stories, in the context of, of God's story. And so um, we talked about how um, God's plan for our lives is for us to be more like Jesus. And um, if we could just really simplify it into one, uh, one sentence, I, I think that's um, what God wants from us, and uh, he, he wants to conform us to the image of, of Christ. And so... Um, that leads me to ask, you know, what is Jesus like? So we talked about one story that I think highlights uh, what Jesus is like, and that's when he washed the feet of the disciples. And um, that was a moment of saying, um, this is what truly being human looks like. This is what it, it truly looks like to live a part of God's will. It is being the kind of person who will do what nobody else wants to do and uh, in order to serve other people and to bring God's work of redemption to the world. Um, and that also operated as a form of commissioning for his disciples to send them out to do that. So um, we had the opportunity to allow life group leaders to wash their students' feet yeah. that night, which I think was hopefully just a powerful moment for them to uh, almost see in their leaders um, Jesus kneeling down and, and giving his life for them. Yeah, it was awesome. And I gave the final message. The series was called Labyrinth. So we connected kind of not knowing what the future holds to this idea of making wrong turns or maybe fear of making a mistake and not having a chance to make it up or kind of God giving up on you. And my message was really about we have the option either to live in fear of our situation or our fear of the future, or we can live in the freedom that Christ offers us. Um, so the story that was connected to it was when the Pharisees asked Jesus what the most important law was, trying to trick him. And he said, love God and love other people. Um, and so uh, the way that we choose the freedom that Christ offers is by loving God and loving others. So the illustration that I use was a jetpack, the two tanks being love God and love others. So you can only love God and fly off to the left <laughs> and break your neck on a mountain yeah. because that's a dead faith. You can only love others, fly off to the other side and bust your face um, and because that just makes you a cool person. But if you do them both, if you love God and you love others, you share God's perspective from above of the labyrinth that you find yourself in. And it goes from being 
a very dangerous maze like Theseus and the Minotaur. I shared that oh, story. Nice. Or uh, <laughs> it goes from that to page 13 of the Highlights magazine that you can fill out in 10 seconds when you realize <laughs> that your purpose was to love God and love others and the details fall into place. Well done. And then I think you passed out jetpacks to all the students. So they went home with- uh, to the seniors. You yeah, home. you have to, <laughs> to be seniors, you have yeah. to be 18 to operate a jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's really great. So to, to kind of summarize uh, the, the theme here was that God will use anyone to take part in his plan to love God and love others by serving everyone. I mean, to kind of like put it in a, a nutshell there, that is the message that we tried to convey to our students, to our high school students. And now we have an, a range of parents who are listening into this podcast. So I would love for us to get into the topic of God's plan for their kids' lives. And so whether they have even preschoolers, but elementary age as well, middle school, high school, some who are uh, parenting college age kids, how can parents start affirming God's plan in their kids' lives? I think uh, one practical step that's a little challenging sometimes is to ask them what their passions are, mm -hmm. and when they respond, listen without giving advice, mm -hmm. and just affirm what they say. Tell them that you believe in them, that you believe in their dream, and then later, uh, as you continue that conversation, maybe the advice comes in when they ask for it, but listen without giving advice, because so often um, teenagers get unsolicited advice, and what they want or what they really need is affirmation. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think the affirmation piece is huge, and that's what I was going to lean into. I think um, it's really easy to pinpoint the things that need to change in kids' lives, the things that need to do better and to, to criticize. And um, I think just focusing on what are their passions, what are the giftings that we see, and to speak those. Um, you know, it's not enough to just see them, but to, to vocalize those to our kids so that they feel affirmed and encouraged in those and, um, you know, that they want to run and develop those gifts and passions. Yeah, I think parents, the biggest thing you can do to start affirming is by listening um, and by paying attention. I think sometimes when we think of gifts, we think of um, things that are tangible. Um, like, can my kid make jewelry or can they <laughs> do this or sing? And sometimes the... Um, the gifts are intangible. Do they have the gift of encouragement yeah. or empathy? Um, things that you can't market and sell. And so start paying attention and observing and listening and um, become a student of your kid. Yeah, I think that's really good to study your child. To give a shout out to uh, one of our former teammates, Jay Wells, I think he did this so, so well, no uh, pun mm -hmm. intended, but that's just the last name God gave him because he knew he'd do things <laughs> really so well. great. So Wells. But, the thing that I observed about Jay and Julia as husband and wife is they always invited their kids in to participate whatever they were doing, no mm -hmm. matter their age. I mean, their kids were all over the place, and Jay would be repairing the deck or fixing the car, and the kids would just be there, present. And, all five you know, of them. All five <laughs> right there, like <laughs> under the car, on top of the car, repairing mm -hmm. the windows, you know, uh, painting the house, everything like that. But just that, that practice of inviting them in to observe and to participate and so I don't do this very well because I just want to get the task done and sometimes the kids can slow things down but I've learned to ask my kids over time to say hey I'm I'm making some cookies you want to help me bake mm -hmm. and to give them an opportunity to That's try good. something out if I'm working in the garden then I'm going to say my 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 four-year-old loves to work in the garden for some reason, so I'm like, hey, man, come out here and let's he dig it up and <laughs> let's just get dirty. Um, but hopefully that connects them with an interest, and if they're not interested, they'll move on. But 
to invite them in to participate with some of these tasks around the house that may turn into interest and passions for them is something that I'm working on and growing in. Well, let's go a little bit deeper. So we talked about God's plan. Well, then the church can throw out this idea of God's will, and that's just a big kind of churchy term. So let's let's unpack that for parents a little bit because we got into that on this this drive weekend. So how do we take part in God's will, and then how can parents begin processing God's will with their kids? Yeah. So I, you know, I think we need to take a big picture view of what God's will is. You know, instead of looking at you know all the you know really specific details of the decisions mm-hmm. we have to make and those different types of things. And if we're making the right decisions in God's will, that sort of thing. I think we need to go a little bit higher uh, in our view and um, to see that God's will is really to make things on earth as they are in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the direction that history is flowing. Um, Jesus set that into motion when he was raised from the dead. You know, he's, he brings dead things to life, and he wants us, um, his people, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to be about the reconciliation the restoration of the world and uh, until he comes back to to complete that. So um, I think that's the story we're living in. And so big picture, if we want to know what um, God's will is for our lives, it's it's to be like Jesus and mm-hmm. to partake in this process of um, of restoring all things through our gifts, our passions, and the, the opportunities that he gives us. Yeah, that's great. That sounds great, Gray. <laughs> yeah, second that. <laughs> I second Gray. <laughs> <laughs> would you add anything, Roland? Yeah, I would say kind of like Gray, take the jet pack up and look at it from high up. I think that God's will is that we would know him and that we would ultimately be with him yeah. and that coming to know him and to be with him is a journey that we got to go on. So that means that we got to take steps to that end goal, just like you got to take steps on any journey that you're in. So my question for families would be, what do you do as a family every day that helps you together know God? Or what do you do every day together as a family to be with God? Right. I think people get stressed out over God's Mm -hmm. will. And Mm -hmm. I think Jesus made it clear, you know, in in the greatest commandment, Roland, that you were talking about in kind of the last session at Drive. But I, I think it even condenses down even more simply, and, you know, Paul wrote this to his letter uh, to the church in, I think, Thessalonica. Uh, so First Thessalonians, he said, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So if you are a grateful family, you are doing God's will. And then mm. another thing Jesus said is that you bear fruit. This is my will, this is my will, that all my disciples, that you show yourself to be my disciple by bearing fruit. And so Paul unpacked that a little bit further by saying that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Did I get all those? Maybe? We'll fact check it later. But uh, I think if we live that way, whatever we end up doing, you know, I think in one of the videos someone said, whether you're an, an accountant or an athlete, if you were doing, doing those things, you're doing God's will. So to get like, am I in God's will? Are you doing those things? Then yes. Well... <clears throat> God is always inviting us to be a part of his work in the world. His kingdom come, his will be done. So how does God use our struggles, skills, mistakes, and dreams to join him in what he's doing? Yeah, I think this is one of the coolest things about God, and this is really all of God's grace, uh, that he says, I'm going to use every part of you, um, and that we don't have to be perfect or get ourselves together before we can be used by God or come before God. And I think this is just God's character and nature. Um, and you, you mentioned just um, God set this emotion through Jesus' resurrection, but he's in the business of using um, 
the things that we think are unusable. Um, so just an encouragement to people and to parents is, is you don't have to uh, be perfect and you can encourage your student that every single thing um, can be used and God yeah. wants to use it. Yeah. Not just can he, but he wants to. Yeah, definitely. Or even our areas of weakness too. I think about Moses uh, at the burning bush talk, saying, I'm slow of tongue. We don't know if that means he had a stutter or if he just wasn't good at talking or was just had some stage fright. But even the part that he didn't think he could use, his, his oratory skills, God used him um, to bring hope to a nation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think for me it just boils back down to what Lindsay was, was saying. You know, um, in Jesus' resurrection, we see God using death to achieve the salvation of the world. I mean, um, the worst thing possible being used in his plans yeah. um, for what he's doing in the world. So I think if that's the case, then... He can certainly take, you know, my missteps, my mm-hmm. bad decisions, my failures, um, as well as the things that I'm doing well. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's something that definitely as, you know, as parents, we need to model that and believe that and then, um, you know, speak that into our kids as well. Yeah. The Apostle Paul said it over and over and over again. He says that God makes himself strong in my weakness. And so I think that out of our weakness, out of our brokenness, God does beautiful things. Yeah. Sorry. And, and like, I think that not only does God use them, but they are of value. And someone told me once when I was going through a hard period of my life that these things would be an asset to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I used to be like, okay, I'm going to just go through life and just, you know, turn a blind eye to yep. these things that have happened in these struggles. But instead God uses them and redeems them. And they're the soil that creates these stories that God's writing in our lives. And so that changed my, I think my view on the things that happen. It's like, it's value. Yep. It's asset. And Nothing is wasted. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say that's a that's a truth when it comes to parenting. Mm-hmm. You know, parenting parents aren't perfect, and so there there's no perfect parenting out there. And parents will always kind of go through the struggle of parenting. And if they have others who have gone before them to say, "Hey, you'll make it. You'll make it through these hard times." Wherever whatever decisions your kids have made, that you know that God is able, God is stronger. And as you continue to seek Him, His His plan will become clear and how how He'll use you. Uh, it may not always be what we expected or planned for ourselves. So let's talk about another churchy word, and that is glorifying God. So what does it mean to glorify God, and how can parents help their kids see how their interests and passions bring Him glory? Kind of connecting it to my message, I would say that it's the purpose of our life when, like, when, you, when you share God's view for it. Glorifying God is the purpose that we have. So we're to love God, um, Deuteronomy 6.4. You want, to, you want to seek Him with all your uh, heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and your strength, and you want to love others. Um, so the details of how we do it, I think, are given to us as hints in our passions. I believe that God yeah. gives us the passions um, that we have, and so by seeking Him first, we can even discover our passions um, as we glorify Him. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Definitely, yeah. And I think, um, you know, in that process of glorifying God, making Him known through our lives, um, making him famous, you know, we're not the point of our mm-hmm. gifts and our passions. Um, it's all meant to point back to God. And, um, so as, as parents, you know, trying to help kids see their interests and passions as an opportunity to bring glory to God. Um, I think the first thing parents can do is just model that. And yep. as they model it and live that, um, their kids will start to catch it. And uh, I think we all know from the research that, the um, example of a parent is the most impactful thing and um, the most telling thing for for what a student's faith or kid's faith is going to end up looking like. And of course, there are exceptions. There's a lot of grace in that, but um, modeling it as a parent and then being able to to help 
uh, your kids see that, to articulate it, to put it into words, I think is so helpful. Mm, yeah. Yeah, when I think of glorifying God, I think of putting God first. It feels like a priority, like making God the priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think parents, you can help your kids see, is by helping them see that they are image bearers, that they are made in the image of God. Yeah. Um, and that is God's design, is to um, that they've been made in, in His image. Um, so to kind of tag up what Gray was saying. But I think reiterating that over and over again through the way parents that you talk to your kids, you see them, um, you respond to them, um, is helping them see their image bearers. Yeah. So God's will and glorifying God is way bigger Mm -hmm. than we make it out to be. So I would say, parents, when you parent, you glorify God. If you are intentional and loving, as a parent, you are glorifying God. And when you make make mistakes, it's okay because there's grace in those weaknesses. But even for to be able to affirm your son and daughter is that they can glorify God at their age, whether they're preschool, elementary, middle school, or high school. God designed them, made in, made them in His image, and when they take part of His good work in the world, they glorified Him. They they point in His direction. So, in light of this topic, what inspires you all about our students that you want parents to hear? I'm really passionate about uh, our students, Generation Z. I think that they are brilliant and they're passionate. They care about the world. They care about other people. Um, and I think that they're asking the right questions. Um, I lead a life group of 11th grade girls, and they are asking what it means to be a Christian today in this context, at school, in their culture. Um, and it's really, they're really smart, and they're on the right track. Um, and so that inspires me. It, like every time I leave a conversation, I'm like, man, they, they've got it. They understand what it means, or and they're striving after what it means. And it's not perfect by any means, but um, they're on the right path. I would definitely uh, try to respond to this question without completely repeating everything that Lindsay just said. <laughs> um, but I would add that, um, on top of agreeing with everything she said, that they are incredibly creative um, in the ways that they seek justice, um, in the ways that they love mercy, um, in the ways that they try to walk humbly with God. I see, I see that not just in advance, but I see it in what they're doing in their schools, in what they're doing with their teams, um, just some amazing stories here in Charlotte and Fort Mill, Waxhaw, um, just about what they are doing as leaders yeah. Um, yeah. in the kingdom. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. I think that that's that's it for me. The passion in and actually doing something. You know, they they are doing stuff now as as teenagers that um, I mean, I had no clue when yeah. I was in middle school, high school, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know, I think the same weekend as Drive, we had the March for Our Lives right. when thousands, I mean yep. millions, I don't yeah. mm-hmm. a, a whole lot of teenagers yeah. yes. are out yes. marching for a cause. And, you know, I think it's one of those things as adults, we need to sideline the politics for a minute mm-hmm. and just be able to celebrate that we have yeah. a whole generation Amen. that is trying to make the world a better place. And, you know, That's I think good. as the church, we can, we can harness that for a whole lot of good. Yeah. Well, parents, I hope that you hear that our, our student team, they are passionate about your sons and daughters, the teenagers of our church and our community. And I would say this, that no one should believe in the next generation more than the church. No one. Amen. And, and, and I think parents, we're a part of that as well. And so parents, you probably believe in your kids more than anyone else ever will. But when it comes to an organization and a group of people who are charged with a, a beautiful message, a life-changing message, we believe it's for teenagers too. And so I would love for our parents to hear what Advance has coming up this summer uh, that they can be looking forward to or looking out for uh, for the plan. Well, 
even before the summer, uh, we have yeah. two final series left. Great. Um, we're going to talk about um, one is haters. I'm talking about replacing judgment with God's love and compassion for other people. And then into the wild, just looking at the story of Abraham. Nice. And we have our summer kickoff coming up on May 20th. And it's going to be a really good. I'll be there May 20th. I totally did not forget the date. (laughs) Uh, But it's going to be a fantastic time um, as we celebrate the end of the school year and the beginning uh, of summer. Yes. Yeah, been into the summer. We're going to have advance going on at each of our campuses still. So we're not going to take a break. We're going to keep going because uh, life is still going for our teenagers. So. Yeah, that's right. And that's for uh, all rising 6th through 12th throughout the course of the summer. Yep. Starting, let me see, I get my, my dates right here. June 3rd. I think it's June, June 3rd. 3rd. Yeah. That's right. Very good. So you can check out fhcadvance.com for more info and details about all the advanced stuff going on this spring and summer. We hope that your daughters and sons will join us and take part of the exciting things happening in our student ministry. So thank you all for being a part of this episode and leading our students so well at this church. So let me say a prayer and we'll finish up. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you that you have revealed yourself to us through Jesus and that Jesus invited us into the work of God, the kingdom of God in this world. And so he did not just die and rise from the dead to save us for heaven alone, but to bring your salvation and goodness to this world through our lives right here and now. And so that we pray for our parents as they raise their, their kids to take part in the work of God here and now, no matter their age. And we pray for kids and students who are involved in our church and in our communities that they would sense the invitation of God to be a part of what you're doing in the world. So we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Parent on parents, you got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest you, visit foresthill.org.